0: Welcome back to Say What Needs Saying. I'm Zach and Brandon is coming soon. So for this week, the topics that we covered are the rise in anti-Asian hate or violence or speech. We had talked about IRAs, individual retirement accounts when it comes to money. And we had talked about academia and how wokeness and equity and cancel culture are starting to get worse. And we brought a listener on to share their thoughts about it and finally for religion this time we talked about christianity we brought on dylan from the bible conversations podcast and allowed him to talk about both the good and the bad of christianity so he shared a bit of what christianity means to him why it's good and then we touched on some of the bad aspects with the affiliations with extremists and the kkk and we talked about priests and molestation accusations in the catholic church and things of this nature and so really at this point, we'll just open up the floor. And so we'll kind of just start where we left off. We, we were talking about some different topics. Well, one topic I guess we'll start with is the anti-Asian hate and violence. We didn't get to talk as much about that in the segment as, as we would have liked. So we'll start there and get people's thoughts on it. Plus that's the most current issue that we are discussing. Uh, Brandon, I hear you're back. Kick us off. What do you think about this spike in anti-Asian violence? What do you think about what's been going on lately?
1: I think, and I I don't want to associate too much with any one incident, and I'm sp- strictly speaking about the shooting uh, that recently right. happened, but I very much so believe that every occurrence like this has some form of origin, and specifically within America I think it's waiting on many people, at least the, the final words of the previous president, or at least the final, I guess, message in regards to the Asian demographic was, it wasn't, it wasn't a positive one. And people can use that in regard, we're still in the pandemic. So I would say that, you know, there's, there's echoes of what you say. And we, we were discussing language earlier too, that language is very dynamic and it's fluid and it's, it can morph into different entities and it, it can become, Uh, it can morph into physical uh, ramifications that we may not anticipate. And one may be something like this, you know, Uh, to say that this was directly influenced because of COVID. I have no idea of that. You know, I'm not in the head. I'm not the persecutors nor the investigators, but there have been occurrences where individuals have said this attack was because of COVID or something of that ludicrous nonsense. Um, And I feel as if uh, when I first saw the occurrence, I was like, he recently got, uh, I guess, acquitted for impeachment because they said his words did not incite violence. Oh, Trump, yeah. And I wonder if you could say that, granted, there's no double jeopardy per se, but would you say that the words that he said can create a litany of actions, you know, later down the line, making him not necessarily guilty, but his hands are definitely not of, of cleanliness in regards to this?
0: Uh... So I think my answer to this is twofold. I think mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're strictly talking, legally speaking, I think Trump is 100% off the hook for all of this. He's not legally culpable for any of the violence happening towards Asian Americans or towards you know anyone for that matter because of his rhetoric, because he called it Chinese flu or Chinese virus or, or Kung flu or all of that, right? I, legally speaking, starting there, no, I don't think that he is culpable. Mm-hmm. Um as far as morally, right, I think that we can all agree, and we talked about this in the in the other episode a little bit, but that yeah, words do have impact, right? And especially with people in positions of power, they should be careful of what they say because of that potential impact. So when it comes to that, you know, I, I think I I think that it's important for those types of people to watch their words, to be careful, and I won't say that he isn't at all responsible because he's absolutely responsible for raising the temperature. He's responsible for increasing the animosity between different people because of the rhetoric that he uses and because of the kind of more just blunt and, and out front, just the language that he uses. So he's definitely raising the temperature to increase the chance of this stuff happening, but right, that said, that- I don't, yeah, just legally speaking, no, I wouldn't hold him ac- accountable. But. Right.
1: And, and granted, and, and I, I agree with you, you know, I can't even, what I, after, listen, honest, honest to goodness, after the Trayvon case, I didn't know what legally meant anymore. I didn't know what you could legally do or not do. So I guess I would have to 100% agree with you. Legally, probably has nothing to do with this. But raising the temperature, either that can, either that can melt salt or boil water. We don't know what temperature that raises in each individual person. That's, that brings me to yep. one of my, I guess, one of my uh, things I said earlier is that, you know, you never know the ram- full ramifications of what you may do or say, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think so. I'll, I'll preface. We kind of went right into Trump. Um, I, I do want to say right at the onset of this that any and all violence that has been going on and being enacted towards Asian-Americans and, and other other minorities during this pandemic and, and things that may or may not be associated with that language, regardless of the motive behind the the violent people. Um, I think that there's absolutely no place for that kind of violence in a country like ours. It's something that I will fully condemn and say that, you know, we absolutely need to address. And that's why we're doing this episode and talking about it. You know, it's something that illustrates problems within our country and within the value systems that people hold. Um, So I want to preface it by saying some of this stuff, because I know that You know, when when talking about topics like this, it's very easy to jump from, well, you know, someone disagreed on this or that point. And so therefore, they're condoning the violence that's going on. So I want to preface and say that I'm not condoning any of the violence that has happened. Um, And I think that every single person enacting them is awful and horrible. And, you know, moving back to that Atlanta shooter, I think, you know, I've made the decision. I won't I won't fault anyone for doing it if they do it but i'm personally i'm not even going to say the dude's name while on the podcast right dude doesn't deserve fame on any level so so yeah when it comes to this stuff whether or not trump is quote unquote responsible for it i think it is condemnable 100% but yeah let's you know i'm ex- I, I am excited to get into it because this is a topic that does need fleshing out and discussing a little more i think that the while we shouldn't focus entirely on him i think the case with the atlanta shooter is something that deserves some some discussion. Um, we already got one, it said, hate breeds hate. And that's true, you know, we, we have this happening when you rile people up with hateful rhetoric, yeah, it's going to lead to people being more hateful. Um, and and that's why these things have, have ex- externalities with people in power. Um, other examples that have been brought up and I'm not trying to equate them when I bring these up, it's just, I guess, evidence for why I don't think legally speaking, Trump should be held accountable. Um, The shooting of Steve Scalise is one example where, you know, after Bernie's rhetoric around healthcare and how the Republican healthcare plan is for you to die and things like that. And then a Bernie supporter went and shot uh, Representative uh, Scalise. And, you know, there was a lot of rhetoric from Obama about police being systemically racist in the country and about how, you know, there are these issues. And then that there was a, uh, Obama supporter that went and shot I don't remember how many cops it was but I think that it's it's important to make the distinction and that's why I make the distinction in that what he said what Trump said in this case you know some of the rhetoric around Asians was absolutely bad um, but that that's why I make the distinction of legality but
1: right. and, and rightfully so we had another comment mm-hmm. early, uh it said uh, would Trump be responsible if this shooting happened two months from now Two years from now, I don't know. Is, is is the ramifications of uh, and I wonder, I, I kind of hesitated. I feel like someone else made this comparison and they got canceled. No, would you say okay. that uh, those like, like it's because she did it is why it popped in my mind, not my direct organic thought. <laughs> would you say that uh, Hitler and the entire Nazi party is fueling the neo Nazi party of now? Would that be too extreme of a association? I don't think so. And it says, How much time should we give until someone is no longer responsible?
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know. A lot of people. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting question.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point you made, though, about the Nazis. Right. That's something that their rhetoric, their language lives on. Yeah. 100 percent. Yeah. And the impacts continue. Yeah. So it's something that, that it is important. And so, you know, I, I think we focus people focus very much on individual actions. And that's it's important to look at the totality, including things like Rhetoric of public officials and and of the president and things like that, and that does play a role in some of these instances. Um, I do think that jumping to this Atlanta shooter. I think that the problem with that mentality of attributing blame and fault to things like racism and and what have you, is that then sometimes when there is no evidence pointing to racism as of yet. Then that becomes the go-to attributed motive. And then that is where you get into the cycle of, well, anything, if it happened to lead to inequity in some level, in this case in death, in in, you know, more Asian people were killed by this shooter than non-Asians, targeted Asian um salons or spas, right? And so whether or not that inequity is due to underlying racism. Um, and so I think this is one instance where I, I think. I'm not saying that there won't be future evidence that he is actually racist or that he had racist motives because there may be, right? We may find out more. We may have a greater investigation and find out more about his motives. But even in instances like this, where, you know, the, the guy even came out and said that it was more about sex and sex addiction, quote unquote, um, it's still an excuse. It's not, I'm not saying that it excuses his behavior at all, but there is some evidence pointing towards the motive not being racist and there is no evidence currently pointing towards the motive being racist and so i think that it is important for people to make that distinction right is that not everything just because these incidents happen and just because a lot of them are um you know racist in in motive that it isn't all of them
1: right and and i and even looking at you know even looking at the situation i was like it's difficult to pin this on something directly As like, it's not, you don't need, you know, many groups that, you know, want to cancel or want to bring awareness to different um, entities. To find things that are racist, you don't have to search that hard. For this one, I'm kind of like, ah, because there's, you know, a lot of people say, you know, why is this occurring? Why does a white man go shooting something, a lone wolf thing, when everything else has to do with a group? And I was like, this one might be lone wolfy because you don't see that, uh, either you don't see the rhetoric or you don't see that occurrence happening to this demographic of people and that idea is not shared by the majority. So I would say this one is a bit lone wolf because of what we're dealing with now is why I would associate because of the other crimes is where I would make those associations. But this one isn't as black and white, no pun intended as the other ones.
0: Yeah. Well, and I want to address one of the comments that we got. It says it was an attack against Asian Asian women. This was a hate crime against Asians and women. Why didn't he kill girls at the strip club? If it was about his sex addiction, he should have gone to the strip club or a local neighborhood brothel. If it was about his sexual frustration, just saying. And, you know, so as far as what his motives for choosing those particular places were, um, again, right now, we don't know. And so that's what I'll preface this by saying is we don't know. But there is some evidence pointing to why those ones. So this is (laughs) this isn't me. This is USA Today, because I'm going to say this and someone's going to be like, oh, how the hell do you know that? all three of these salons were listed on something called Rub Maps. It's a database and, and website that is used for people to communicate about the ability of these places to perform sexual acts. Right? They will leave comments and reviews of these places that say it's quote-unquote full service or that they I, will give you a happy ending, you know, whatever.
1: I've never heard of this, Zach. Exact- right. I have never heard of that.
0: Right. No, and neither <laughs> neither had I before reading into this case. But that said, you know, he may not have gone to the strip club or the local neighborhood brothel because he was looking on this site and potentially even attending these places, going to these salons, you know, if they were, and again, I I don't want to say there's any hard evidence that these salons were engaging in these kinds of behavior, right, because we don't, just because it's listed on this site doesn't mean anything at the end of the day, it could be False allegations, it could be that in and of itself could have some racist motive, right? Maybe someone put it in there because, oh, look, there's Asians in a salon, maybe they'll give me a handy. And so we don't know. Um, but that said, you know, that might be part of the reasoning is that maybe if this guy really was attending these places and and receiving whatever, you know, sexual acts, the what he had said was that he was well, I don't think it was his exact words, but that he was, you know, basically trying to punish those that were encouraging his his sex addiction right and so that was where the the cop was talking to him the cop then found out what this motive was and then the guy had told the cop that he was having a bad day and this was why he did it and then the, the cop in very very less careful manner than he probably should have been then reiterated that to the public and was then kind of canceled for that
1: that was very foolhardy on his it, end.
0: Yeah, it was kind of bad. I don't. Again, I don't blame him personally. Right? He was just kind of reporting what he heard. He was saying that, look, this is what the guy says. Um, he probably could have done it in a little better way to not get uh, get the impression that he did. But you know, just this idea of the court of uh, public opinion playing a role in these things. We got a comment that says, whether it be sex addiction or racism or whatever the underlying intentionality may be, it doesn't absolve him from first degree murder. Absolutely. And Correct. so that's that's why I think it is important to say that, that either way, he did a vile, horrible act, and he deserves to go to jail for it, and he likely will because there's a very good case about it, right? But the problem then comes is, are you going to charge him with a hate crime or not? And then you have to demonstrate well. Now the mo you have to demonstrate that the motive was racially motivated in some way, or you know that hate was the motive, and not well, I had a sex addiction, and so I killed a bunch of people that provide sex services to to take it out, right? And that's where the the court of public opinion doesn't, you know, its involvement too early Mm -hmm. may then sway the court of legal opinion, right? Is that if if everyone is talking about how this was a hate crime, when there is no evidence of that, then it may get to the courts and it be decided because the jury had heard this enough times or because, Mm -hmm. you know, people have biases and what have you but then it may influence the the legal thing and then you know maybe he gets a hate crime on top of things and then it alters the definition i'm rambling i'm rambling a no, lot no, no i mean
1: but i, I get because my question is i I mean, granted I, should, I maybe i should know a bit more Man, i don't mind my ignorance for the first degree murder is that trial by jury or no
0: i believe so i'm not i guess i don't know to be completely honest
1: i was thinking i don't you know they're quote unquote supposed to not have that information told to them i don't know how they're going to get a jury that didn't think someone said i had a bad day and then this was going towards your point of which you assumed you were rambling but i think you were coming to a point uh by saying that you know depending upon that cop's decision and what transpired it may turn to be something else where regular justice should be served and using or trying to attribute things may deter proper justice but I heard, not only did I hear this conversation, um, but on the many forums that were on on Facebook, don't forget to follow us and say what he's saying on Facebook. Um, I saw the, the the rehashing of the Second Amendment again, saying that, you know, this was a legal gun by someone who's registered, registered firearm holder. Granted, none of this information is public. Yet. It's just, I guess, hearsay. Um, where does everyone kind of still stand? Because granted, the pandemic came before the pandemic. There was hellish school shootings. Then we're like, okay, before the school shootings, people were like, not really guns. And the sh- shootings came in, and it got even more divisive, saying we should really get guns or we really shouldn't get guns. And then pandemic happened, and every a lot of people got guns because it's very difficult to find bullets now. Because um, I, I went shooting with a couple of my surgeon uh, surgeon buddies, so that's how I knew about it. I indirectly know. If I were to get a gun or bullets, it'll be too expensive. It's a pandemic um but i do want to know what is the how are we feeling right now one way or another pro-gun anti-gun like should we be taking the guns away should we follow new zealand and australia and take away all the guns like how do what's your perspective
0: i think i'm still pro-gun i'm still Mm -hmm. i think that this is only evidencing that this is an, an instance where if i were in that salon i would want to have a gun on me because who knows what crazy guy is going to come in because he says he has a sex addiction so now he's going to start shooting people and so you know the the solution of taking away the guns in theory would take away his gun but i think that you know more often you see that that doesn't actually have the effect that you want it to have on on criminals right look at chicago chicago's gun laws are incredibly restrictive in comparison to other places but their gun crime rate is mm-hmm. is through the roof but you know and then people will jump to oh well they're bringing the guns from other states or they're getting them through other you know it doesn't doesn't really matter. They're still getting them. Right. And then they're still committing the crimes. So this to me, I, I mean, I, to give a little bit of a personal story with, with my, I guess, my thoughts on guns, we had a fake, um, a false alarm school shooter at U of M. We had a, it was a false alarm. It was just, it turned out to be some, some girls popping balloons and someone misunder, you know, oh, yeah, it or whatever. Yeah. And so that was, like that was shortly before, that was before the pandemic, but that was when I made the decision that I was going to buy a gun. That was when I made the decision. I was like, if if this were a real incident, if this were a real situation, now, even if I get a gun, even if I get a handgun, I can't bring it to U of M. So that's a separate issue that we can get into on a different time. But, you know, it it points out that evil actions happen and evil people are out there doing things like this. And I don't think a law prevents that. I don't think, you know, taking away the guns will prevent that. Those people will still exist. Those people will still do what they're going to do. Just better to be prepared for if it is going to happen.
1: And I think you you really touched upon a really, I guess, candid point. You know, the law won't stop. The law, the law won't stop the shootings because the law
0: currently didn't stop the guy right. from shooting. Yeah, that's already illegal. You know.
1: Yeah, that's already. That's <laughs> what, he, he woke up on the wrong side of a bullet. Like I don't, right. I don't know. That guy just said he woke up and chose violence in eight yeah. bullet forms. I, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's horrible, right? It's so. I. I this isn't me saying that we just. Pretend this isn't a problem and let it keep happening, right? That's not. But that's this, not what what's the? Either. But
1: what's the answer? Do we just? Do we constantly just deal with this? Like, is this something that we just got to deal with as Americans? Next this year, two hundred years, ah, seven people will die every month or so.
0: I don't know. I mean, I I think so. You know, my my ideal solution, which is probably unfeasible and not as realistic, so there would probably have to be some compromised or toned down version of it. I would like to see not just with gun rights, but with every every one of the rights that we talk about in the Constitution and the the functioning of the Constitution and Declaration of, of Independence itself and all these things. I think that needs to get integrated into the education system so that people understand what our country stands for, what the values are, what your rights are and what they mean, and then how to responsibly have those rights, how to responsibly have those rights and then know about the flip side to those rights, which is duty on every right. The flip side of it is the duty to not infringe on other people's rights. And that means that if you have the right to bear arms, well, you also have the duty to not use those arms against other people in ways that infringe on their rights unless you are protecting, you know, your own rights. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know it's controversial. It's probably not the answer that a lot of people would like to hear. But I'd like to see some incorporation of education surrounding guns incorporated in public education, because we have rights specifically pertaining to them. Same thing with free speech, right? This isn't just with guns, but we should talk about free speech. We should talk about due process in school more than we do right now. We should talk about what we have these rights to. Yes. And like someone said in the comments, not just guns, but self-defense, right? Appropriate use of guns, appropriate use of free speech, and appropriate use of all these rights, right? Because there are times where you can't say anything because sometimes it's illegal, right? Sometimes it's slander. Sometimes it's in you know inciting violence and you don't have all free speech, but, and sometimes it's not okay to use a gun because again, you're, you know, you're doing it in a way that's going to infringe on someone's rights. So yeah, I don't know. That's my ideal solution is to educate people, right? Educate people on how guns work. You know, most, most gun deaths, I don't want to say most because I don't have the stats in front of me, so I don't want to misspeak, but a large number of gun deaths are either suicides or accidental deaths and things of that nature to where if the public was more well educated about how that gun works and what the implications of having that gun are, you know, it might be decreased a little. And so I don't know, it's at least part of the solution. What about you, Brendan? Do you think the solution is the is more of the gun ban route? Or do you think that there's some other alternative that we could do?
1: I don't think the gun banning route is gonna do anything, especially with the amount of guns out there currently. If anything, it's just gonna circulate, and you know, one I, I, and the police do raids and eventually take them away. I, I I do agree with the education portion, though. When you said to educate, you know, the public school system to start about gun safety, I the first thing I thought about was like, you know, if the issue is with shooting and improper use of guns improper use of sex in sex education is extremely or even more prevalent. We're not able to teach about that in school.
0: Yeah. Well, and you so just I was like. the... Sorry, go ahead. No, the, go ahead. Well, you just went to the range. Had you shot a gun before that?
1: Uh Yeah. Okay. I wasn't a fan because it was a guy. Okay, so the first time I went shooting was uh for my freshman year. No, no, no. Maybe my junior year of BDOT at Baldwin Wallace University. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting, and I just so happened to be wearing like a hoodie and some glasses and the guy next to me was shooting a thing that looked like my build looked like me and was shooting shotgun shells in me i was like you know what i don't feel well i'm gonna I'm a head out so i didn't have the best experience that first time coming back you know it, when i shot it there was and i granted i was i was taught you know all the proper protocols that watch the videos and all that stuff um but it was a very interesting experience. What what did you have a specific question?
0: Well mostly I mean mostly what you were talking about but I guess you know do you remember that first time when you were handling the gun how you felt about it like how how you felt handling it holding it shooting it you know
1: The first time I handled so my my father is a retired correction officer at Rikers Island so he showed he introduced me to a weapon and said you know this is a firearm this is what it protects our home, but it also can take your life. It's very like he gave me that full-on speech of right, and I was just like, "Wow, this is this is this is a lot." You know, this is it's weird. But and it's, I said it's a lot when I was younger, and then shooting and we were shooting AKs and ARs and all these fifty-five $5, hundred dollars pistols and all this. And I'm like, I hate how easy it is to send something flying thousands of feet a yeah. second just i mean if you want to shoot eight of them i'm like wow that is out of this i feel like it's too easy to shoot but you need the proper mindset but you can't control for that you can't There's no background check for a bad day
0: right and that you know that um that mindset is important i think that when you talk about the argument of well the the solution to a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun right that's the the, the line that's tossed out a lot of times Not if the good guy doesn't feel comfortable owning or handling a gun, because in that instance, the only person with a gun is the criminal. And it doesn't matter if people are acting, you know, within or without the law, whatever, outside of that person, if no one else has the gun. You know, I'm not trying to say that, well, every single person in the world, in the country should have a gun on them at all times. And anytime something goes down, whoever subjectively thinks they're in the right should shoot because that has its own host of problems. Right. But, um, you know, inculcating that culture, I think it's important to, to say, you know, it's okay. I, I I don't know. I've had a lot of people that even upon finding out that I own a gun immediately, that forms a bit of their belief about my character and me as a person, because I'm willing to own this death machine, this thing that can kill people, like you said, so easily. And how could I ever need it? I mean, maybe you need it if someone's going to come shoot up your salon, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, we got another comment that said a lot of gun deaths are also temperament related, not just mental health related. And so someone gets angry or depressed and pulls out a gun, killing someone else or killing themselves. If a gun was not present, maybe the life could have been saved. And yeah, and that's true. And that's one of the bigger arguments for, you know, restricting gun access is that even people who, like you said, Brandon, there's no background check for a bad day, right? Mm -hmm. There's even if you pass the check marks, even if you, you know, meet all the requirements and, and can own it. Maybe then something happens that you are in a different mindset that you then act in a way that that could lead to, you know, crime or problems. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Brendan, on that? Oh, in
1: regards to wait, which part exactly?
0: Just the last part where you know, you had made the comment too about, you know, not having the background check against bad days and then this comment.
1: I was trying to think about I was like, I'm trying to think how would others react to it? I'm like could you then, say, make the argument saying we cannot take the risk of insanity or bad days? So then you inhibit all forms of it. But I, but then you bring back the conversation of Chicago. I, I hate this endless loop right? because as I'm trying to think of answers, the potential of anybody dying will will go up. My biggest fear is once COVID's over, it's going right back to whatever 2017 or 2018 was. Mm-hmm. You know, the shootings, the mall shootings, the Walmart shootings is gonna go right back to that. And I would've guessed that it would continue or increase because now there's even more guns out there. Yeah. And even more bullets out there. You know what I mean? you see what I'm saying? Like this it's it's an endless cycle that if we can't come we can't take okay. Yeah I guess this is I challenge this to everyone listening. If you can't take the gun, because it's America mm-hmm. and you can't take the bullets, but you still have the shootings, what are my options? Yeah. Yeah it's you know because if, if you, people have the right to feel like they can protect themselves, one, people have the right to, to, to stop danger in the best way they seem fit with, you know, civilian level artillery. We're not talking about, you know, pick two letters of the alphabet and put a number. I don't not those, not the ARAKs, whichever, you know, but what what are my options? Because if, if my send my kids to school, you have to think it's a Tuesday, well there might be a shooting. You know what I mean? Or I I don't I don't know. And it's very unnerving. A lot of people are like, I'm not having kids. Not not in this country, because this thing can happen. A lot of parents are like, I didn't anticipate this to happen. I I have guns at home. What's the point of me having guns at home if my kid can go to school and die?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, and that then gets into a whole a whole other slew of issues, right? When it's surrounding gun rights is okay, so gun free zones, should those exist, right? Is is the point of the gun rights nullified because well now my kids at school. Like I said, U of M, right? I if I ever think that I'm ever going to need my, my gun, like it would probably be at U of M, but I'm not allowed to have it at U of M because I don't think I'm going to get, God forbid, but I don't think I'm going to get shot at at Kroger. Right. I know that it happens. I know that it, you know, I get that it's a possibility, but given my personal life, if I were to pick one location where I think it's most likely for me to get shot at, it would probably be at a large university like U of M as opposed to Kroger or as opposed to my home in more or less safe Ann Arbor, right? Like it's, it can happen anywhere, but you know, the argument of gun-free zones comes up and it's to where, okay, well, what, what about schools? What about these things where we don't have other solutions? Um, We got another comment that said, it's also important to note he killed eight people total, six were Asian. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, the, obviously there are still more asians than non-asian people that got shot there but you know it's still something to keep in mind that it seemed like he was more so targeting these places as opposed to particular people within the places but i don't want to impute motive i don't want to say what what he you know what was going through his mind or whatever because who knows Mm -hmm. um but you know we've we've given a lot of airtime for to this guy th- that did this That's horrible true. awful thing in in Atlanta. I think we can move. I think we should move broadly to just the increase in these crimes in general, right? Because we've seen a lot of this just outside of this Atlanta shooting. We've also seen increases in violence against Asian Americans, and we have lots of people that have experiences with stuff like this. They're all over the news, right? These people that feel that. they're either getting death threats or they're having people spray paint all over their business or what have you what do we do going forward barring this one particular example which may or may not be specifically racist motives and you know whatever it's just one anecdotal experience right so looking more broadly at this instance where we can absolutely look at the numbers and say that yes this is increasing yes violence against these people is increasing what what is the solution going forward i have i have no
1: idea and i'm confident i i'm confident in saying that i don't know what america wants its its legacy to be like i don't i don't understand like we and i'm i'm just still harkening back on just the violence towards democrats I, I have to put it at an origin point and in my head i would have to attribute to this i may be wrong 100% wrong but I have to no one just say, you know what? Mm, I hate the eastern hemisphere and just took like I don't I don't think that's where that rhetoric came from or yeah, at least where that violence is coming from.
0: Not all of it, but I think regardless of, you know, let's so if we take Trump out of it, for example, right, let's say no one was calling this Chinese virus and no one was calling this Chinese flu and all this stuff and, you know. I still think, I
1: still think, but even if he didn't say that, it would still be a thing.
0: Yeah. And we can't, you know, obviously we can't speculate as to how much, right. Would it be less? Would it be more? Would it be the same? Who knows? But I think the second you tell people, even let's say that Trump approached this in the most boring, bland, informative way. Yeah. He gets up and he says, look, you know, my fellow Americans, we've got a virus that has come in. Its point of origin was, uh, was Wuhan in, in China And it's now spread to multiple other countries and we are working tirelessly to provide you with the best feedback, yada, 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 and went on to describe, you know, how bad it is or what have you. The second he says, oh, it originated in China, you've got people that are now going to go out and shoot Asian people for better, you know, like it's not good. It's not, I'm not saying that that's something that we should value in our culture and, and that shouldn't necessitate changing, but like, you know. Yeah. like Well, if you look at, you know, nine eleven, the the rhetoric from the public officials, I don't know. I, I don't really People, remember. No, no,
1: no. People, that's a great example. People still make 9 nine eleven jokes with uh, specifically women who have, who wear their head coverings. Yeah, I'm sure. like, yo, what? Uh, how? How did you make this association? We should be 20 years removed from this mentally. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's hard to say. And well, and plus it's happening in other countries, right? This, this increase in violence is happening outside of America, too. And so, you know, it makes you question, well, if it's happening there, is it because of some hateful rhetoric over there? Or is it because of some larger issue that spans across countries, you know, including including some of these things?
1: What would be know. the larger issue, though? Oh, oh we actually got a, a comment. Right? Yeah. It said, let's also talk about the selective bias of the media. Killings of six Asians are uh, consistent... Uh, Anti-Asian, but affirmative action resulting in anti-Asian outcomes is yeah. rampant in universities.
0: Yeah, so he's saying he's saying that killing six Asians is considered anti-Asian, but affirmative action is not considered anti-Asian. Um, yeah, I think that you know it's something that you run into this issue of the the quote unquote model minority status that that Americans have put on Asians in a lot of cases throughout history. And so you, you look at instances like affirmative action, putting Asians behind whites and blacks as far as opportunity in certain cases, right? You look at, uh, what was it, Yale, Harvard, they all had policies where you needed a higher score on your ACT or SAT to be considered if you were white, and then higher than that if you were Asian because your outcomes were so much higher. That, no. Yeah. yeah, no, and it's something, so I was talking just as a small aside I was talking to a family member. I won't, I won't say any names because I, I know what I do is controversial and I don't wanna add anyone. But I was talking to a young family member about this policy, about affirmative action policies regarding whites and Asians at these schools and how you need this higher score you know, than if you were, than if you were black. The sole reaction, like the, the immediate reaction of this person was, that's racist. That's oh. immediately immediate reaction. I was like, well, yeah, but like, not by the current definition, not by how people are defining it right now. And so
1: it's, but I think that tide yeah. will eventually turn with everything with everything in, in regards to, quote unquote, the offense, it will definitely come to where all of that will be equal, equaled out. But then it'll shift. I think it's just, a, I think we're in a pendulum shift. I mean, I mentioned it. I hate mentioning previous things, but we've been, we're on a reel since like four o'clock. Um, But very much so, uh, I think it's just a swinging of perspectives and understandings. And may- eventually, maybe 30 years, they're going to do the shift where they abolish that ridiculous. That's an re- amazing benchmark. I never heard that.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, you know, the, the problem we talked about this a little bit with the academia and wokeness and cancel culture and all that the focus on equity right versus equality, I think leads to a lot of this. Um, we did get a couple other comments that I want to address it says, well, you have it spread from media as well. Um, it lasts longer because it takes four years to make a movie or so and then you have the knock knock off movies and drown it down to lifetime, and these behaviors get spread more and more from 911 look at what year Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay came out. It gets perpetuated because it was a sensation. It was sensational at one point. Um, And so then, okay, so someone someone is bringing us uh, a little bit back on track, which I appreciate. So someone says, okay, let's focus though. This is about killings and attacks against Asians. Trying to talk sideways is diminishing the impact of these attacks and have increased after Trump's remarks, but have always been a thing. Yeah, and so, obviously, you know, you can look at the the instances and see that, you know, like we said, rhetoric does have impact, and there are things that can lead to increases in this violence. And yeah, you know, there there is a bit of, you know, while it may be a, a different standard that the media is holding for different things like affirmative action, it is kind of a different, unrelated topic. So, you know, we'll kind of swing back to what we were talking about previously. But yeah, you know, so going back to what we do, you know, going forward... I think that there's a lot of different things that need to be addressed. There's a lot of different values level issues and, and problems. Um, Brandon, one thing that, you know, I had, we were talking a little bit before we were recording that I wanted to bring up and get your take on. Historically, if you look at instances like this, if you look at the LA riots, if you look at other, other, I guess, clashes of demographics, there's been this, this um, narrative that has been discussed about the, the black community and the Asian community and how they come into conflict specifically. At one point there was, you know, talk about Koreans and the black community and the conflicts between them. But, and if you look now, um, you know, Ben Shapiro had uh, a couple of days ago, he referenced crime statistics against Asian Americans. It was crimes in general. It wasn't specifically hate crimes or, or things like that. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the statistics, um, you know, most demographics, they commit most crimes against themselves, right? Most most crimes against white people are by white people.
1: Right. Individuals of communities living in communities will cause crimes against those communities, right?
0: Right. And so one thing that he pointed out was that crimes against Asians skew disproportionately black. And so that that kind of falls outside of that trend a little bit. At least these stats that he was talking about were from 2018. Um, so we don't know with these, with this increase in incidents in violence that has been going on. We don't know if those demographics hold true, but what do you think about this, this narrative that's talked about? Do you, is this something you saw growing up in Brooklyn where, you know, blacks and Asians just didn't get along, or is this just a narrative that's created because of animosity? And like one of the commenters said is just because of white supremacy at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I don't know how many people are labeling it. Uh, white supremacy. Why there's black on Asian crime? I don't. Well, at least my um, news feed doesn't make those linkages. But, but in That's regards true. to um, the uh, black and Asian relation in, in 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 New York, yeah, they own they own businesses and would perpetuate the same fears that the majority of the country would have. Anytime a black person would walk into a store, like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah, my store, like, just like that's like the expanse of it. Like that's there's not much to it, but there is a aspect of what's going on with shootings in America or a minority group that feels unjustly targeted, and that similarity towards the black community. And I would say I have not seen as much uh black social media support. For uh, specifically this particular instance, um, and I want to say, and I am I'm not speaking for the whole black community, but I, I could say there's a few who would say um, there is not much support. There was not as much support for the injustices done by done towards African American communities uh, by the Asian. A community so if, say for instance if you were to look at the riots i mean not the riots that's the media talking for me if you were to look at the protests uh that were happening in the summer i saw a couple comments that said i didn't see a single asian person out there i'm supposed to get up and now try to defend all the, the asian communities now because they're getting they're just dudes this is america if you're on if you're a minority that's just what you have to deal with this is just their thing and i was like that's I wonder, I, it's, it's, it's a heartless thing to say, but I wonder if it has merit and, and, and in my head. I'm like, I struggle with these things. That's why I have, this is why we create this podcast so we can throw the conversation right. to many others to see what, how, does, how does what I'm saying in my head portray outward? Like, I, I don't, I don't mind if I sound crazy. You could take me away if I sound crazy. I don't give a damn. How crazy do I sound in general? You know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, and you know, again, not asking anyone to speak for every single person of their demographic but you know, if we have any, if we have any Asian people that are listening right now, and you know, let us know what you think. Let us know what your admittedly anecdotal experience is. You know, dealing with the Black community in your in your in the places where you grew up. You know, where did you notice any of this animosity, or is it just a narrative that is perpetuated by certain people that believe that it's true when it may not be? Um, I you know, I think that it's you, you make a good point, right? That we don't know we don't know a lot of this and that's why we need to have the discussion around it and that's why this platform is important we got one comment it says asians are hella racist towards blacks blacks are hella racist towards asians gotcha well thanks for sharing um and you know it that's sometimes this stuff happens and that's why i think this push lately i don't know where where any inequity like like the one commenter brought up that a lot of this gets linked in roundabout ways to white supremacy I think that it avoids some of the other components to this that may very well be true, right? Maybe there is some foundation, some some inciting event that leads to this divide between the Black and Asian communities that we need to address instead, right? Maybe there's something there or in tangent, right? Maybe we also need, or in tandem rather. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we need to address whites killing Asians but we also need to address blacks killing Asians and other things and because of the differences in culture and differences in attitudes and belief systems and values and all of that that may be a very different solution mm-hmm. um, there was we got another commenter it says as an Asian person I can say that there was some animosity towards black people from Asian people so yeah it, you know at least anecdotally it seems like this is real right at least anecdotally this happens this is something that comes up and needs to be addressed right and so I don't know I mean I'm I'm <laughs> I'm the resident cis white male so i don't have as much of a a perspective on the asian black community (laughs) conflicts but go ahead
1: right but i I just realized something granted we were talking about you know the black and asian relation this wasn't even a black and asian incident
0: right yeah this one that we're talking about right
1: and this is and this is the issue with the, 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 the the idea of a majority you can't create an instance of a majority versus a minority it would always look as if it's always the versus of the minority um, black and Asian communities can be walking rocking around Man, that was a it was a really bad joke that popped in my head. But <laughs> you could be rocking around just, you know, happy as clams all day. You know what I mean? That yeah, that yeah. wouldn't stop what just happened. Right. You know what I mean? The thing and the question was, how do we stop what just happened? No one has an answer. We've been talking for a whole hour and not a sick and we all have brains. We all went through school, higher education, couldn't come up with a single fucking answer for a bullet and, and, and guns. So I right. think I don't know how to answer this quickly. That's the question. We create conversation to bring enlightenment. Mm-hmm. All we did was realize the Black and Asian communities are shitty. They're not <laughs> the best. They yeah. need to be better. They can be better. Uh, a lot a lot more Black people are tolerant now than they were in the 90s. I hope the same for the Asian community. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not Asian. Um, but it brings me great sadness, really, to, to say that even the conversations that we try to actively think on solutions come with no avail.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, at least for now though, right. This is just one discussion. If every single person were to go and have a conversation with, with one other person or two other people about, Hey, look, do you see what was going on in the news? Do you see all this anti, you know, Asian violence? How do we solve it? And you know, what do we do? And then the other person, you know, you, you just, you keep going, you keep talking and, Maybe the other person does jump to, oh, well, it's white supremacy. We need to fix the white supremacy, or oh, it's just the animosity between the blacks and the Asians, and we need to fix that. And then having had this conversation already, that person, the, the one out of the 10 that is on that side of the discussion, can say, Well, you know what? I, I know that's a part of it, and it's something that's worth discussing, and maybe it's a part that we need to solve, but it's deeper than that, I think. And you know, I know that because we were talking about this with on Say What Needs Saying. And those perspectives were brought up. And, and it's something that's important that that we had to talk about, but, you know, it's deeper than that. And so, so yeah, I think that these conversations are what helps that. And, you know, we may not, we're not going to have a solution from this conversation. We're not going, we're, you know, none of us are really, for one, we don't have the, the position of power to actually enact whatever our, whatever our hypothetical solution is, but also, you know, there's there's just a million different ways this can go. But, But hopefully it at least starts the conversation so that other people can then talk and then eventually someone comes up with a solution. And if you um,
1: guys do have that conversation, don't forget to bring it to say what he's saying yeah. for our rant hour to discuss this. Now, granted, we had two, a lot, two more comments. I'll yeah. give our last uh, give a, a small point, Zach. If you want to give a yeah. point, then we'll close out. Yeah. It says um, this is the only way that we can prevent more issues from arising is to understand that each group needs to respect the other. I don't think it was disrespect that made him shoot eight people and kill six agents. Um, it says it's ridiculous to say that. It's because one group is having problems with another. It's an overall thing. I agree. I think it's an overall gun thing. I don't think it's an overall people thing because I think people generally have issues with people. I don't think he has an issue with the Asian community. Or could he have? I don't know. Maybe it was just um, locational. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I disagree. I don't think it's a gun thing. I think it's a values thing. I think that it's the, the gun thing. Like, obviously, the gun is involved because someone was shot with a gun. Um, but I think it's an overall values thing. I think when it comes down to when it comes to respecting the other person, you know, we can talk specifically with demographics. Like, you know, yes, Asians need to respect Blacks, and Blacks need to respect Asians, and Whites need to respect Asians, and Whites need, to, you know, whatever, all of that. <laughs> but we do need to look more broadly when it comes down to that respect. That I think that he, disres- you know, it's a sign of disrespect to shoot someone. It's the one of the most ultimate signs of disrespect, right? Because you respect that person so little that you are willing to take their life because of whatever, because you had a bad day, because you had a sex addiction, because whatever. I think re-inculcating those values of respect and freedom and equality and and all those things that the country is supposed to stand for, that the Constitution, that the Declaration of Independence outline, I think that ultimately, you know, those, those values are what help you to not Kill people. I mean, if you're, if you, you know, if you don't value someone's right to life, for example, right, or if you don't value someone as a, as a human first, regardless of what their race is, and regardless of what you know, all this other stuff, if you don't value that. If you don't respect it, then, then yeah, of course, you know, there, there's something. Um, and you know, someone just commented they said now there was hateful motive behind it, and there may very well have been, right? There may very well have been unaware. And I,
1: I mean if if they do it right, I mean, not, not do it right. Uh, If they, if, I guess if the lawyers do it in their favor, they complete insanity because this is more of like an insane, like an insane example. I don't, I don't, we don't see this often. Not the shooting aspect of it, but we do see the crimes often. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's just important, like, like we said at the beginning, not to impute motive without evidence, just because right. we don't, we don't know. Right. You don't know. And you don't know what you could have. You could have two very, similar views on on a on a thing, on an issue, and have entirely different motives, right? Um let's take uh, what would be a good one. So let's say we were to take all of our um manufacturing out of China. Let's say that's proposed, right? That's proposed to to pull out of China completely, incentivize companies to pull out and and move their manufacturing elsewhere, et cetera, et cetera, right? I have that view, I think that's what we should do. My motive for that is that China doesn't share our values. China demonstrates, you know, lots of human rights violations and the like. And I think that in part we should, as a country that holds different values, decide where we're doing business because of that, right? It's not because I hate Chinese people. It's not because I hate Asians, it's not any of that. But I think that there is an argument to be made to pull our manufacturing out of China for that reason, right? But, You could have that same exact view if you just fucking hate Chinese people. If you just hate Chinese people and you want them to suffer and you want their economy to tank and you want them to, you know, to not be able to get ahead, right? You'll also want the U.S. to stop aiding them in any way possible and potentially harm them, right? So it's the same exact thing with very different motives. Now this is a a, an egregious act regardless of the motive, and I think that's what we need to focus on, right? And someone said, "Yeah, killing is a hateful act when it's not because you're defending yourself." So, regardless of his motive, this is an egregious act, and so that you know is absolutely true. Regardless of whether it was racism or sexism or sex addiction or whatever, it's it's a bad thing. Regardless, but you know, in imputing motive without evidence is just it goes against due process. It goes against the uh, innocent till proven guilty philosophy. You know, and it's something that we can talk about it. Right, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about it at all but you know that's just my stance on imputing motive um we had a comment that said that they don't think you can get an insanity plea for sex addiction and i think that's probably true i don't know and look honestly i don't even know if the the sex addiction excuse it's just that it's an excuse right at the end of the day it doesn't matter whether or not that was his motive even if it was his motive to kill these people because he had a sex addiction and he wanted to take away the own temptation take responsibility for your own fucking actions you know what i mean like you you have And you have the ability to take steps in the right direction to help that sex addiction and not, you know what I mean? Like just because you can't keep your hands off your dick doesn't mean go shoot people. <laughs> you know, it's it's just an excuse. It's not mm-hmm. a, I don't wanna make it sound like it's justifying his action on any level because it obviously doesn't. But yeah, I think that, you know, we, we focused a lot on this. Um, we unfortunately didn't get to touch too much on the other topics. Be sure to check out the other segments that we had done. Uh, If you haven't already, subscribe to us on social media. Follow us on social media. If you're listening right now, share us with your friends. Share our YouTube page, our Facebook page, our posts on there. Let let someone know about us. Let someone know about this, this platform, this ability to have these conversations. It's important we're still new. We're still small. Uh, we're still trying to grow with this new format. Now we're going to be jumping a little more into marketing and advertising. So hopefully we'll be able to grow more quickly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, let us know. We grow, we grow most from, from word of mouth. So let us know what you wanna hear and what will bring you back and what you think will bring your friends and family back with you. Brandon, what about you? Any closing thoughts?
1: Hey, listen, I always enjoy having the conversation here. I think this new format is really conducive to what we're trying to do. Um, Also, furthering the discussion, I think right now is more more of a time than any for everyone to just grab someone to have a conversation with them. a lot of people have a lot to say. This podcast could have been created 50 different ways by 5 million different people. Many people have something to say. And I I've been extending my hand, like people who like to comment a lot or, and a lot of people either don't know how to go about it or they don't know, or they don't, they don't believe that they have something to say. You have to start with yourself and say, I have something of value to say. And we have a platform that's willing to hear it. And Yo, yeah, well, that's why we created this thing. So can't wait to see the growth of it. Yeah,
0: you said something earlier that I think is super important, and I want to reemphasize that you weren't afraid of your ignorance when you made a comment earlier. And that's yeah. super. That's the only way these conversations can happen. Like I said, I'm I'm not Asian, nor am I Black. So I don't know anything about the conflicts between the Black communities and the Asian communities. I'm not Asian, so I don't know what it feels like to have this increase in violence happening while it's people like me getting killed right i don't know what that's like i'm i'm very ignorant of that the only the only way i can learn about it though is if some black people and some asian people hop in this chat and tell me and enlighten me a little bit right and tell me what it's like and what it feels like and what it you know whatever and then we can talk about the stats and we can talk about the factual portions because that's important too right and but yeah own your ignorance be willing to be wrong as long as you then can grow from it because that's the only way that we can have these conversations. Thank you, everyone, for coming to say what needs saying again.
1: And I urge each of you to check out the financial uh, portion, our money yes. talks portion. It is beneficial if you don't listen to anything else. Definitely listen to those because they not only help you but help your family and wealth to be secured within your household.
0: Right. Start an IRA. <laughs> <laughs> Roth IRA. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you later.